bitter, bitter just, just better. better. Your all new Everton podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode ten of the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. Double figures, Mark. Count them bad boys up. Ten. That's, I mean, we've got more than that, including our match day specials, but this is actual episode 10. Fair enough, I'll, I'll take that. Um, we did have a, a very special guest lined up this week, live in our studio this week, who's supposed to be Paolo De Canio, but then uh, Sunderland sacked him and he spat his dummy and gone back to uh, gone back to Italy. Yeah, he remonstrated with us though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He, he, he peered at my front window and started pointing at his chin, bizarrely, and then sticking his hands out to uh, making some strange Italian gesture that nobody had any clue what he meant. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, Mr Johnny Seven here as always with Mark Mack. And uh, first of all, we're just going to start off with a little bit of reaction to the weekend's game. Wait, and what a weekend it was. Yeah, you've already heard a little bit of reaction as uh, right at the start of the podcast before the opening theme. Um, basically, that was a live recording from the crowd at the game at West Ham. Uh, and you could hear the, uh, the Blue Boys going absolutely mental. Yeah, asking the singer for Leighton Baines and upset Sir Leighton. Uh, twice. <laughs> twice, yeah. I mean, Wayne Rooney scored an absolutely blinding free kick in the Manchester derby on Sunday, and yet still it was only the third best free kick scored at the weekend. Yeah, but we'll get there, we'll get there. Um, first, when we had the team news, uh, it was same team, uh, Jelovic kept his place, funnily enough. Yeah, same team as, we, we all like, sort of thought Lukaku would come in, um, but... You know, it is difficult to change a winning team, and it was. Uh, it, I, w- I wasn't really surprised, to be honest, when I seen that there was no changes at all from the Chelsea game. Yeah, and well, the changes happened, but not before we went 1 0 down against West Ham, and it was a pretty poor first half, wasn't it? The first half was atrocious. I didn't think West Ham were particularly good, and I thought we were terrible. I mean, I, you know, I'm racking my brains trying to think of any exciting points of the first half, and it. There was that run from the okay. left from Morales where he cut in and it's a shot that got a save out to Yaskalainen. Apart from that, can't think of anything that was uh, anywhere near exciting. We'll talk about this now because it's uh, it was in the first half, wasn't it, when uh, Barkley uh, got booked and he said he, it, it could have been a red. Did you see that as a red? It's one of them difficult ones, isn't it? It looks terrible on telly. It looks, it looks ba- slow, but it looked like he just tried to put his foot down. That's what I mean. I don't think he's he's gone with any intention. I think he's been off balance. But when you slow it down on you know Sky Sports, yeah. he plays from eight million different angles. There's one angle where, in particular, it looks you know it does look bad. But I don't think there's been any intent. No, definitely not. I mean, we know we know Ross had a really really bad injury a season or two ago. I don't think he's that type of player. He might be a little scally. You might, uh, you might try and knock it out <laughs> off the pitch, but uh, I don't think... It's controversial, that, Johnny. <laughs> I hope, hope Ross Barkley doesn't listen on the way down to the coach. Would he be coming down here to knock you out? Well, that might be a good thing, actually. Yeah. I think I... Yeah. I will big goal. Oh, uh, another Thunderbolt. We talked about a few Thunderbolts. Thunderbolt from Ravel Morrison. A Thunderbolt? Yeah, I like How to... many deflections did it take? I like to describe these... these, uh, these the sporty ones, the Thunderbolts. <laughs> I must admit, I, I was obviously because the game wasn't broadcast live and we didn't go. I was watching the game via other means, Wizzy Wig. And, um, <laughs> Thanks, Wizzy Wig. <laughs> yeah, we're not allowed to mention <coughs> Wizzy Wig stream torrents. <coughs> but um, basically, I didn't have the greatest picture in the world. And I initially thought that. Jagielka had turned his back on it and it did his arse so I was a bit uh, I was calling him every name under the sun but then I later realised it sort of just scuffed off his hip didn't it slightly at the front um, yeah I did but I just you know I'm not one to blow my own trumpet but I did flag up Ravel Morrison as a bit of a danger yeah. last week well uh, at first I, when I first saw it in, in that blocky picture I thought it went straight in and just wrong foot as Howard Without the deflection, so I was calling Howard for all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I took the deflection, and well, I'd like to say you, you were right, but it wasn't really the best finish, was it? It was just. Talking about players that got flagged up last week, I remember you talking about Jarvis, and I actually thought Jarvis was their best player in the first half, and then yeah. the Big Sam the Gravy Man decided to uh, take him off at half time. 
I didn't really understand that. Was it half time enough? Um, I thought it was. Well, was it, yeah, he took him off though, didn't he? Sort of. Yeah, fairly yeah. early on. He was still half, definitely half. dangerous in the first half. I think he, he, he possibly had the assist for the, the goal as well. Well, apart from you know going in off how uh, Shaggy off his chest or arm or whatever it was, uh, he was the one who laid the ball. A nice little running from the from the from the outside, cut in and then passed it to Ravel, who beat Howard with an uh, unstoppable effort. Yeah, but uh, so uh, we, I wasn't particularly best pleased at half time, to be fair. Yeah. And apparently, if, if uh, reports are correct tonight, there was uh, Roberto Martinez, who, according to sources, went absolutely bonkers. Didn't think he had it in him, did you? Well, uh, but Jackie Elka said he, 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 uh, he definitely started throwing a few teacups at half time. Well, I use that as a figure of speech, but uh, I don't think Martinez was happy, and I think that showed in him making two substitutions in at, at half time, which is quite bold, really. It's not something we're used to at Everton. Well, and it, it kind of showed, didn't it? Uh, so Lukaku came on, I can't remember what's going on, um, for Yelovich. Uh, Naismith went off for. Uh, McCarthy came on. McCarthy came on, right, okay. Um, and, oh yeah, I can't remember the third substitute now. So, a few minutes in, and uh, we have to make a third substitution. Yeah, we did, um, and to be honest, it, it was probably one that, if I was making substitutions at half-time, I would have made at half-time, but um, it looks like Leon's picked up and off, um, and Osman, Osman went off after about 60 minutes, and again, I started screaming at the television because I seen Oviedo coming on when I thought we were strange. crying out for Delafeu to come yeah, on. Very, very strange, very strange choice, but what do we know? Well, you, you can criticise the man as much as you want, but it worked. Yeah, so, uh, we, anyway, with substitutions, all three subs made after about 15 minutes, we were thinking, oh my God, nobody get injured here. Uh, and, uh, you know, Barkley was on dodgy ground after picking up that bucket. So, you know, you know we could end up with 10 men here. But, anyway, uh, we managed to get back uh, onto the level terms, level pegging, and what a goal it was. Bainty free kick. Uh, 25 yards out yeah say so yeah um, I, you know I was thinking after I watched it go in I thought that's probably our goal of the season it, it was goal of the season for about 20 minutes yeah. but it was I, I thought you know that is a that is a great free kick he just absolutely screamed at it Again, um, you know, we had we had Kevin Sheedy as our player of the week last year on uh, sorry last week on our Facebook and it was Sheedy esque wasn't it that, yeah, I mean, that that would have been up there with somewhat Sheedy's best, yeah. It was absolutely Just super. absolutely blamed it. And uh, I think Yaskalina had taken a step um, in, the, in the direction his wall was covering, which was, you wonder why. Uh, and then he just completely, you know, sent the wrong way. And nowhere near it. Yeah, I mean, uh, and at this point we started getting a bit of control of the game. We were sort of, we were attacking up the left-hand side quite a bit. Uh, Baines had a couple of nice little link-ups with um, uh, Lukaku and there was one cross where he put it in and Morales jumped about two inches off the floor. Yeah, he should, no, no. We already established that. He's not, he's not a tough header. Maybe if his hair had been spiked up a little bit more he would have got to that one, but um, he should have buried a header. So everything was looking rosy then. And I must admit, at 1-1, I thought, there's only going to be one winner in this game and it's going to be Everton. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, Everton did our usual trick and made it hard for ourselves. Yeah, but uh, Jags hit the self-destruct button there, didn't he? The, uh, West Ham sub came on, Petrich, who, did you say he was a handful on the last podcast? Yeah, I mean, uh, Petrich, he went to Fulham last year. I mean, the, the, the lad played for Bayern Munich for a number of years, and, you, and you, you don't do that, you know, unless you're half-decent. And then he went to Fulham last year, it started off like a house on fire, scores yeah. a few goals, and then, for whatever reason, Berbatov coming in and being fit or whatever, he just... Sort of faded out from Fulham, but uh, he's got another chance in the Premier League at yeah, West Ham, and he's a released, decent player. Released by Fulham, I think the only reason all the clubs may not have come in for him uh, was because he's, he's 34. But you know, he's a decent player, very persistent. Um, you know, Jags was trying to see the ball out, and he's nicked it from behind him, knocked it into Nolan, and then. Do you know what? I, I love the fact that he Jags got the ball nicked off him because that can happen. Yeah. It was the fact that he, it took him so long to realise the ball was still in play and to sort of get himself back on his feet. Yeah. That that annoyed me, to be honest, but... 
but yeah, so then the, the ball got played back over and then um, McCarthy unfortunately gave a penalty away. Um, it was a soft penalty. It definitely was. And you know what? I mean, a couple of people have said that um, Nolan dived. It wasn't exactly a dive, was it? But no, he was it, caught. He was definitely, definitely caught. But he didn't half make a meal of it, I thought. It wasn't Ashley Young-esque. But it was, you know, it, there was contact. And if there's contact in the area and the play goes down, nine times out of ten he's going to get a penalty. And, and he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, um, and upstep Mark Noble, who doesn't miss many penalties, and he didn't miss this one. Yeah, so 2-1 down, in control of the game. And at that point, I thought, there's only going to be one winner here, and it's going to be West Ham, yeah. because I thought that's going to knock the wind right out of our side. Yeah, I think we would have, would you, would you, we would have taken the draw then, wouldn't we? I, I think I probably would have bit your hand off. Yeah, and then, um, so... I think we, we, we were still on top. Uh, Lukaku had a lot of nice touches, like nice inter- interplay with, with Morales and as you said, Baines. That like can hold the ball up, can't he? Yeah, he's, he was doing what um, what Jalovic wasn't doing in the first half. Getting the ball, turning, laying it off, you know, finding a bit of, bit of space, laying it off. Yeah. Keeping possession for us, and that's what our game is all about. He, he was like the anti Yelovich in a minute. Everything that came to him stuck and he, and he, he did something with the ball every time he had, which, which is what's not happening with Yelovich at the minute. Yeah, so. um, and well, the, the, the second goal for the Blues, similar pattern to the first. Uh, Barkley picked the ball up, a little bit of a, a, little bit of a way out, went to head in, surged into the box, um, and Noble uh, took him down. Yeah. And got a sent off for it. Yeah, and Sam Sam Allardyce has said that on his laptop, um, Noble got a touch. Well, it, it might have looked from certain angles that you know it might have looked like he might have done, but on all replays, it, he didn't, did he? Well, I know this got brought up on match of the day, and uh, even Robbie Fowler, who I'm sure wouldn't want to give Everton any credit or any help, said. I think Sam Allardyce needs to go and get a new laptop from yeah, Curry's or PC World or somewhere. Um, I think Sam Allardyce had probably got gravy in his eyes from that night's first meal or something because he's talking absolute rubbish. It was yeah. a free kick all day long I think even, and a bucking. It's a tackle from behind at the end of the day and he didn't win the ball. Even even some kind of like stud or something on that ball, the way Barkley was running to the box, he still had control of the ball but was taken down. So, you know, it was a free kick all day long. I, I'm pretty sure even if he'd touched the ball, it was a tackle from behind. Yeah, so yeah, it's a yeah, bucking so, anyway. So I, I think yeah, he's took him down. He's took him down as he was searching into the box. Collins might have got over to make a, a, a challenge, but he didn't have the opportunity because Noble's brought him down. Um, and then, so, we, we were thinking, hoping, um, it was, Morales was standing over the ball, so was Baines. We thought Baines was probably going to have it. Hoping Baines was probably going to have it, do you reckon? Well, I, I was expecting the naughtiest free-kick taker in the world to step up. Yeah, so he'd already done one. We were thinking, no, nah, he can't get two in a game, can he? Well, the thing was, the first one was an absolute rocket into like the the, the left hand corner, wasn't it? Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, so the far corner from basically the side of the pitch he was positioned, um, and this time he stepped up and a little bit Sheedy esque. Definitely Sheedy. But the only difference was there was like sort of ten fifteen minutes between these where Sheedy's was the the two kicks of the game, and um, he put it in the other top corner. And this one was even better. It was right in the corner. There was nobody stopping that one. This, and I'm not, you know, I'm four or five days in from this now, and I'm not just saying this. This was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, he got it over, the way he got it up and over the wall, and it was just right in the corner. It was, there wasn't, there was, it was, there wasn't an inch either side. It was right in the corner, and it was perfect. It was the perfect free kick. The keeper never moved. There was, it, there wasn't like a massive amount of power on it. Where, as if the keeper is going to see it, it was all precision. And the keeper just, there's not a keeper in the world that would have saved it. I think, you know, to combat uh, free kick specialists, some sides have put uh, defenders on the line before. You had a defender on that line, you had two defenders on the line stood on top of each other. <laughs> I don't think anyone was saving that free kick. You could have had Robert Hoot sat on Peter Crouch's shoulders and you wouldn't have stopped that free kick going in. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, another stunner from Bainsey. Uh, Goes over to the crowd, gives it a bit of a, gives it a bit of a, doesn't he? And then um, 
in a minute. And, and as we heard on, on, the, on the clip coming in, the crowd were going absolutely oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. nuts. Yeah. And I mean absolutely stark raving crazy. Um, and I didn't think they'd get any crazier during this game uh, until uh, old Romelu decided to absolutely kill himself yeah. <laughs> for the cause. So, he, he, uh, I think McCarthy did well. He, uh, McCarthy picked up the ball on the right, did a little little kind of dummy centre defender wrong, out of the way a little bit and then turned and then laid it off to Lukaku. Sorry, just before you go any further, there's something I forgot to say. At this point... I didn't think there'd be any other winner other than Everton. Oh yeah, with them down to ten men. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. I did at this point. Yeah, down to ten men. Yeah. Um, so and so Lukaku's got the ball. Nice little bit of interplay again. Lays it off. Um, lays it down to the right to Morales, who does well to make a yard. And uh, we were thinking he might do a little bit of Peter Beagley, go one way, then the other, then the other, not get the ball in, but he puts a decent cross in. And uh, Lukaku doesn't remember what happens, does he? He did score, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Lukaku hasn't got a clue, but he managed to get his head on it, and then, uh, I can't remember, it, it, what... It, it was a little bit Duncan Ferguson-esque, I thought. He, you know, he, he, he didn't care about, you know, what way he was coming out of it. He just, he had his eyes on the ball, no messing about. Yeah. The header, bang, West Ham lovely. Head, West Ham head in his jaw, out for the count, Everton 3-2 up, and uh, the crowd goes mad again. And, a, and, and you could just see the scenes behind the West Ham goal of utter, utter hysteria uh, and no one really in the crowd caring that uh, Romelu Lukaku could have been dead yeah, it was down for the camp for about five minutes wasn't he and uh, it was so surreal because the crowd still going mad Lukaku's on the deck asking the, phys- asking the physio uh, what's going on who scored physio says you did brilliant <laughs> but again you know you talk about cementing yourself straight away into the heart of Etonians. To put your head in a place like that and to score a winning goal in a game where it looked bleak, that'll do it for you. But then to be knocked completely unconscious, to not being able to walk properly and still coming back onto the pitch yeah. uh, to, to keep fighting for the cause and for the, for the and boys. And had another decent, another decent effort or two as well, didn't he? Superb. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant player. Um, brilliant impact straight away. Uh, and... Was his debut better than Gareth Barry's debut? Yeah. No. Yeah, no, I'd say... Look, I don't think so. I just think uh, the spark that it provided, um, and it, it gave Evertonians something to really cling on to, whereas Barry can, uh, can, can go under the radar a little bit. That was what we have wanted from a debut. Somebody, come in, somebody to come in and make that impact straight away. Uh, somebody to get the fans excited, I think, yeah. I still think Barney had a better debut, but yeah, well, two, you know, two good debuts. Lukaku made more impact, yeah, shall okay. we say? Um, right, so yeah, Everton beat West Ham on the road, three-two, two wins on the bounce. Everton undefeated start of the season, and uh, the only undefeated only town undefeated in the league because the league champions and European champions next year, Liverpool Football Club, oh, yeah, yeah. got beat by. Those giants of the modern day game, Southampton at home. Yeah, so, which what? was very funny. Uh, it was very funny, in fact. <laughs> and the thing was, if I think the key, uh, Liverpool's keeper had, a, had an absolute worldie as well, from all accounts. So it could have been four or five nil to Southampton. Yeah. So um, we are now the only unbeaten side in the Premier League. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, looking good again. <laughs> well, we're not going to be like that. We're not going to win the league, are we? But um, as long as we, you know, if you'd said to me by at this point in the season we would have nine points, I think that would have been about right. Yeah, especially um, you know the way we, the way we started it. You know, we, you know, those three draws, that West Ham game was a tricky, tricky one. Um, especially you know the, the way we started our first half, it was uh, so to come out of it with those three points. And, you know, a, a pretty much heroic performance from Baines and Lukaku. Good substitutions by the manager. Um, and everything was positive. Um, no, no, real, no real negatives to take from the game. You know, the first half was forgotten, wasn't it?
And now it's time for the nine o'clock news. Well, it's twenty past seven, and so it's the twenty past seven news. Um, yeah, it's time for the uh, our weekly little news segment, and uh, I think Johnny's got a first story for us. First story is all about Leighton Baines. Uh, a couple of little bits about him, really. The, the main news was uh, before the weekend, uh, it come out that Alan Stubbs uh, had said that uh, Baines had asked for a transfer earlier on in the summer. I must admit the story annoyed me because whether it be true or not true, and it probably is true. Oh, why? Why bring it yeah, out? It's, uh, why bring it up? It's definitely uh, it's, it's very, very poor taste, wasn't it? I mean, it, it was no need. There know? wasn't, but I think I've figured out why this happened. Come. Well, let's let's crack on with the news, and I'll tell you my theory in a minute. Okay. Right. Well, first of all, I think you know it was at, it was at a sportsman's dinner or something like that. And did you read the context? It was like in some kind of uh, some kind of throwaway comment, or you know, he's done this, he's done that, and you know, he's asked to leave, hasn't he? You know, like I just wonder whether he was. He was is that is that where it, I didn't realise that was where it came yeah. from? I thought it was done in an interview with the Echo or something. No, this is some kind of thro- some kind of throwaway con- uh, comment. There was no kind of uh, elaborating on it or anything like that. Um, so I don't know. Maybe he's made an assumption that every player. Uh, who's been linked with Man United wants to leave, so he must have asked to leave. Uh, I don't know. There's been no black and white print come out and said this is exactly what he said, uh, or not, not that I've seen anyway. Well, then a few days after that, the story started to circulate that we were going to break the bank and offer a new contract was on the table. Basically, you're going to offer Bainsey a new contract. Yeah. Well, we haven't, though, have we? Well, you know, is he holding out? That's what the main question is. Well, then, news has come out today, or yes, late on yesterday, but definitely today, saying that, you know, contract talks are not happening now, for some, for whatever reason, yeah. they've been put on hold. Now, this is my theory. Now, I'm going to tie all this in together now. Go on. I think, possibly, we have offered Leighton Baines a new contract. And I think Leighton Baines has turned the new contract down. And said, I'm not going to sign a new contract, I'm looking to leave. And I think that's why Stubbsy's come out earlier on in the week. And I think they're just planting seeds now because they know how much of an outcry they'll be if Baines goes in January. Um, but I think by him putting it out there, you know, that Baines he's already asked to leave once, they're already laying the foundations of excuses for if he goes in January. That's, that's my theory at the moment. I don't know, it's a little bit... I don't know, it's a little bit cloak and dagger. That, I'm it? an Evertonian, I'm a pessimist, yeah. I think the worst. But that's, I've just got a sneaky feeling. I think, you know, best case scenario for us, right? David Moyes has already lost against Liverpool. He's already lost against, he's now lost against Manchester City in a Manchester derby, right? They're playing Liverpool again this week. Hopefully, I, I, I never thought I'd say this, if they were to get beat again... There's a possibility he could get sacked by Christmas and that would be the absolute best thing that could happen to us. Yeah. Because agree, yeah. then hopefully he wouldn't... He could, well, then he obviously he wouldn't be back in for Baines. So, or we could, we could, um, we could hope that uh, Shaw from Southampton has a couple of worldies and he goes to them for £25 million instead. Yeah, but, um, you know, uh, Baines, if he keeps scoring free kicks like the way he did at the weekend, he's only going to attract even more suitors, isn't he? I've just, I've just got this horrible nagging feeling that we didn't let Baines go the last transfer window because basically they knew there would have been an absolute fan revolt on the back of the badge the back of you know Fellaini going uh, and then Baines to go I think they basically just said we need to at least sort of stagger this yeah I'm not too sure I'm, I mean this is, this is uh, one of the questions posed to us today, uh, today uh, one of the fellas off our Facebook uh, Craig Wallace he's asked us to have a talk about this we were going to talk about this anyway um, it's, a, it's a question on a lot of blues lips, though, isn't it? It's it, you know, it, is he staying? Is he holding out? Um, you know, we've heard rumours that you know, people, people who uh, you know, brother-in-law of the groundsman, or you know, people have bumped into him in the club shop or whatever, and uh, they said that he's staying, and he said, "Too right I am." You know, or if it's up to me, yeah, whatever. Um, in that case, why didn't he sign a new contract as soon as the transfer window were closed? Yeah, well, maybe we're not offering enough. Well, well, then he's going to go then, isn't he? Yeah. If we're not offering enough, he's going to go. Yeah. That's, and that's, that's the bottom line, isn't it? Um, so, 
Let, all that, at the moment, the way I'm looking at it is it, while he's an Everton player, let's enjoy it because look what he does for us and look what he did for us on Saturday and look how much we enjoyed that. So let's just, you know, we don't have to worry about this for a long time. You know, a good few months until the transfer window reopens. But um, at the moment, I am very pessimistic about the chances of keeping him. He upset Leon Osman, didn't he? He did upset Leon Osman because he dropped up from his fantasy football team. Um, no, the other way around, wasn't it? Yeah, Leon Osman dropped Bainsey from his fantasy football yeah. team because he wasn't scoring before enough points game, for him. Before the game, was he said, uh, stepped up to him and says, uh, I'm going to have to drop you from your fantasy football team. You're not doing enough. So he, he said, uh, so he said he fancied, uh, he fancied he'd get a goal against West Ham. He didn't, he got two. I think it's fairly safe to say, on, with managerial decisions like that, I don't think Leon Osman should ever be manager of Everton. <laughs> right, OK, the second bit of news that um, I've got written down here, it's just today, just clearing up something we were debating last week, and that is, Lukaku has not got a recall clause. No, uh, it's, quite, it's definitely been confirmed now, and we've got him for, till the end of the season, basically. Uh, we we paid a fee for him, so he's not going anywhere. So we can't be recalled by Chelsea. And also that recall clause, you can't recall his goal either. I see what you've done there. Hey. <laughs> is that it? It's a non-recall clause. That's why you can't remember anything. Yeah. Is it like Men in Black? He gets his mind wiped at the end of every game. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry, bad joke there. Um, something that we we nearly touched on in uh, the match report there is uh, Leon Osman's injury, um, and this is uh, another. Another point to that, uh, you know, what someone else on it has tweeted me today and said that we should have a little bit of talk about this, and I think it's probably time. His uh, the, the question was, uh, do you think we need some new flesh in midfield? Which I mean, we have we have done anyway. But you, basically, do you think it's time for Aussie to step aside? Um, I think probably at the minute the injury's probably done Martinez a bit of a favour. Um, I think Osman again was poor first half against West Ham, gave the ball away on a number of occasions. I think you counted three in a minute at well, one point. Just before, I felt, felt like a bit of an eyelash actually because I, 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 I put up on our Facebook and uh, Osman just kicked the ball away three times in a minute there and then no sooner as I put that up he got off injured so I wouldn't wish that upon him. But so I think he wasn't the best, best of times. I think he was probably on the verge of you know maybe losing his place, maybe getting rested for a while, um, and I think it's probably at the minute it's going to work out best all around because he clearly needs to spend a bit of time doing his fantasy football team and yeah. uh, on fantasy football scout research and maybe play champ manager a little bit. Right. Just I just want to. Um, Clear out my opinion on this though. By no means is Osman finished as an Everton player. Oh no, he's just had a form. I've said this before. He's a, he's a form player. He's not in the best form at the moment. Sometimes you know, a couple of games on the sidelines, he'll come back in and he'll be he'll be back to you know back to his best. I think uh, pick, picking uh, picking out passes, uh, breaking up play, doing what Osman does. Your goal in there, doing what Osman does best, and I think he he, he can get back on the verge of the England squad. Form is temporary. Class is permanent. Yeah. Okay. Um, another little one-liner of news: uh, Dan Gibson unretired himself <laughs> from international football. From international football. Now uh, Trapattoni's gone. Great. That's what we need. We need Gibson playing more games to get more injuries, don't we? Yeah, but you know, as you said before, so that could mean Gabo uh, and McCarthy. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the ages of the two of them, at twenty-two and twenty-five, I think it is. Um, the pair of them could be, you know. Central midfield partnership for Everton and Ireland for a long time, which can only be good for understanding. In that position that Gibson's in, like injuries aside, he could be played for ten years in that position, couldn't he? Let's face it. Well, that's it, and I mean, obviously, with the link up with Coleman there as well, uh, you know, the three of them should develop a good understanding and, and should you know look after each other on these international trips and that. So. Um, I think the timing's a little bit off for Gibson to say this, uh, just due to the fact that, you know, at the minute he's never fit. Um, but I understand why. It looks like he's had a clash of personalities with Trapattoni, and, and now Trapattoni's gone. So, okay. fair play to him. You don't, you, you know. Well, final bit of news, so to speak, um, was something that put a bit of a damper on our weekend. You know, we, great weekend, you know, uh, great win from the Blues. I know what you're going to say. The shite lost. Uh, I know what you're going to say. Moe's got his arse handed to him. 
Uh, Fellaini had faults for a couple of Man City goals. Yeah, we haven't we haven't really mentioned that, have we? No. <laughs> and Fellaini got absolutely smashed by Man City. Yeah. Um, so look, great weekend, and then checking checking our uh, checking our Facebook page, and checking out the other blue pages. You know, just to Sunday night this Sunday was. night, and we we thought someone was having a, a late April fool uh, when we saw the club announcement that uh, they'd whittled down these hundreds of designs. Um, for the club crest, what months of research, consultations? They had hundreds of uh, hundreds of badges up on the walls to refer to, and, Profe- came, and they've got a firm of professional designers. Professional, they, they consulted with the fans, and they came out with these three stunning, stunning crest designs. By stunning, I'm using that in. Uh, by stunning, you mean shite? Yeah, no, but I, I don't. I mean stunning, as in I was stunned when I saw them. I was flabbergasted. Not in a positive way. Um, what is going on? Yeah, I mean, as you say, I was just... I thought somebody was having me on. I thought someone was messing about when I saw the three designs. They were just awful. All three were worse than the current badge. I think we, we've all seen, um, you know, a lot of fan designs. I could, I could probably name, what, 10, 20 different better options and they've so, somehow whittled it down to these three what's, I, don't, I understand you know they wanted to put the motto back on which they've done they wanted to have Everton on there which they've done they wanted to have the tower on there which they've done um, I think uh, two of them have got the, uh, the laurels on haven't they yeah um, one of them has got the scrolling underneath one of them is very is semi it, it's very di- obviously with an audio podcast it's very difficult to sort of describe the three badges a lot of blues will have seen I would, I would say to describe the three of them option one was quite similar to the old badge except a strange mutated shape of the badge yeah um, and just an odd design well, I'm going to say it it looks like a tit <laughs> you know it did look a bit like a tit yeah. <laughs> yeah I love that yeah Design number two was very similar to the current badge we've got now, except it looked... With the same shape as the first design. Yeah, with, with the odd tit shape and a bit of a cheap and nasty look to it, which two, if two gets a single vote in in, in the, the poll, I'll be, I'll be amazed. In fact, I'll eat my own poo. Number three was a bit like, I think you described it as a bit like a pro... Evo type Everton, but well, not Everton because they can't call Everton. Yeah, Everton no, Pro Evo. It was uh, Pro Evo Merseyside Blue because they don't always have the, the rights to to all the like all, all the, the FIFA teams, so they call uh, you know Everton would be Merseyside Blue, and he'd have like a little jar blue and white badge, which looks similar to an Everton badge, but can't. Yeah, look similar enough because they haven't got the license. It's it's it is like a, a shield type shape. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a shape that we've never seen an Everton badge before. It's very European in its design. When I first saw it, I hated it. When I, I later saw it on a shirt, and it looked marginally better, but I still hate it. In fact, I hate all three. And I'm going to go out there. I've said before a few weeks ago on one of the early podcasts that the the new badge was growing on me. It's grown on me to the level now where I actually like it and. I know this is going to completely sound opposite to everything else, but I think we should keep the badge we've got now. Over those three, I think we should keep the badge. Out of, out of the three, I think the third one, like the, the you know the, the shield-looking one, I think that's the best out of the three. By no means does that mean I endorse it. Um, I, I posted up on our Facebook yesterday when um, Arsenal did their rebranding and... You know, they, they, they kept the canon and they, they got this nice futuristic looking shape and uh, really simplified it. Really good way of doing it. I'm sure the Arsenal fans probably spoke out about it, but their old, their old crest was calf and looked like Christmas wrapping paper. <laughs> whereas whereas our, our old crest was amazing. It, if, you look at the, if you look at the Arsenal rebrand now, yeah. it's quite similar to our current rebrand. It, well, it is, except it's a better job. Well, they've probably got better designers to do it. Um, I think, yeah, but they've got something a little bit sexier to put on there. Is that they've got like a cannon, which is cool. We've got like a tower, which is cool to us, but probably from a design point of view, doesn't translate as well as a, as like a big cannon. Cannon. Yeah. Well, um, I don't know. I'm, I, I I can't see. You know, I, I'm from a de- design background or an art background, 
and <laughs> kind of. Um, I can see what they tried to do when they made the badge of the summer. You know, they wanted to incorporate elements, uh, give it a bit of a cleaner look. Um, it's just they haven't executed it as well as you know some people would have liked. You know, they've made the badge fatter and they've got the, the Hobbit hole as the tower. <laughs> you know, and that, that's the main criticism and they've taken off the club motto. Um, with these current three, I, I, I can't do you know, the first two. I just I, I can't understand why they've done that stupid round bottom of the badge. It's where does that come from? I say stick with the current badge. Throw the, sc- the scrolls back on underneath with the motto on. Job done. Yeah, that's that was that that'd be an easy way. Look, the main, the main criticism, you know, a lot of people can get over the fact that there's a there's a fat tower in the middle of it. Um, Mark's just eating some sweets. <laughs> um, the, uh, the fat tower. The main criticism was not having Neil Satis on there. Um, so just put just put put it on, just put the scrolling on. That would have been so easy, but too easy. Um, yeah. So. Right. Enough of the negativity. We won. Yeah, as I say, that put a downer on our weekend. How? It did. Yeah. It did. Um, right. We'll have uh, a little. Just to clarify where we are at the moment. Um, have we got that's the news done I think isn't it Johnny yeah that's the news uh, but although well yeah um, on the last podcast we did uh, a preview of the Fulham game because we usually record on a Wednesday um, and obviously the Fulham game is the Tuesday night and we thought it would have already happened by the time we record however due to commitments this week we are recording on a Tuesday evening uh, and at the moment, it's about 20 to 8 at night, and the game's due to kick off in 20 minutes. Um, so we're going to have a little bit of a, a Fulham preview, I think. Yeah, um, a brief one. Um, at some point in this podcast, it might be right after this, uh, you're going to have a little bit of a recap on the Fulham game as well. Yeah, because we're basically going to break from recording, go and watch the game, uh, and then continue on after that. So we'll, we'll have a, a little clip or a piece of music or a little advert. Uh, and then we'll come back and we'll give you some news on, on the team for the Fulham game tonight. I'm Kevin Cheedy and you're listening to the Not Bitter Just Better podcast. Okay, so we've got some team news uh, for the Fulham game, which is just under 10 minutes to kick off. Uh, sorry, just over 10 minutes to kick off. The main news is Lukaku starts his first game as a blue and McCarthy starts his first game as a blue. A lot of other changes, though. Um, in goal for one, uh, Robles. Robles. Yeah, um, Robles, Sky Sports are saying he's making his first start. However, I seem to remember him starting against Stevenage, which yeah, is. You forgot about that one. You must have forgot about that one. Um, and uh, as you say, quite a lot of changes. Uh, the the full start and 11 that's been named is uh, Robles, as mentioned. Uh, defenders wise, we've got Heitinger, Stones, Distan, uh, Coleman, Oviedo. Uh, and then forwards wise or midfielders wise we've got McCarthy, um, Gibson, uh, Delafeu, Naismith uh, and Lukaku. So and on the bench we have uh, let's just see. I must say, just, just before we get to the bench, I, I, I'm racking my brains trying to work out just how we'll shape up today and I don't know whether looking at that, that eleven that's been named, it's difficult to say whether that's a a back four, but if it's a back four, does that mean Distan's playing at left back? If it's three at the back and two wing backs, that seems to make the most amount of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could be if if it was four at the back, it could be Distan left back, or you could be using Stones at right back and pushing Coleman in front. But then you've literally, I mean, you've got basically four centre four central defenders playing across the back four now. Liverpool did that at the weekend against Southampton and no, got beat. No, they've got... Yeah, if you play Stones, Stones is, is primarily a centre-half, isn't he, rather than yeah, right-back? No, you've got, you've got Stones, right-back, Heitinger, Distan, and then Oviedo, left. And then, so if, you, you know, if we're playing three at the back, it'll be Stones, Heitinger, Distan, Oviedo, left wing-back, Coleman, right wing-back. Yeah, well, that's, that's how I can see us playing, yeah. yeah. So, um Obviously, you've got McCarthy and Gibbo in the middle. Uh, I don't know, I mean, it's a good one or two ways. I, I think he's more likely to... I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm thinking... I'm, I was thinking initially that it would be 4-4-2 and he'd push Coleman further up. But then, I'm starting to 
question that now, and I think it will go for like three five two. Anyway, three two. Anyway, in Roberto, we trust. Um, in we look forward to seeing Delafay who st- play from the start again. Yeah, and obviously Lukaku starting, and Gibson being back, which we kind of glossed over. Um, so who's on the bench for us today? Timmy H, Baines, Jags, Jelvich, Morales, Barry, and Barkley. So Mark, why is Baines on the bench? Does being on the bench cup tie you? No, not unless you come on. You've got to play. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's not. I don't. I wouldn't have thought that would have been. Did Baines point. come on against Stevenage? Uh, hold on. It was the centre back. I think Fellaini. No, Fellaini, no, Baines didn't come on against Stephen and John, just again thinking, you know, part of the conspiracy, are we not cup tying Leighton Baines? Interesting lineup, and um, one of the ones that, one of the possible lineups and suggestions that you heard today, and you told me about, you, you, you thought um, Roberto might have gone with Kone on the capital front to play 4 4 2. Yeah, I thought that was a possibility, thanks. Is Kone on the bench? No, no sign of Kone at all. Alright, okay. So, I'd like to see, I'd like to see Lukaku. Uh, Battering around everyone, <laughs> uh, you know, tire them out, and then you know, let's come on and get twenty, maybe four. Twenty goals. <laughs> twenty. <yeah. laughs> That'll yeah, be all no, right. Just one and two for now. Step by baby steps, you know. <laughs> I just I'm just having a little laugh here because we're just catching up on Facebook and the you know what people are saying about the teams and uh, somebody's just put uh, I'm glad to see some of our fringe players come into the Everton start lineup. Hope we get three points. Well, I don't care what team we play. We're not getting three points tonight because it's a cup game. So uh, that's a bit daft, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, things yeah. like that. Right, it's um, it's coming up to five to eight now. So uh, let's so go and watch the game. We need to go and uh, set the telly up and uh, not not find an, uh, uh, you know you know what I'm saying. Is it on telly tonight? The game? Yeah, uh, it'll be on some kind. Yeah, we need to go and uh, we need to go and paddle and cool down our feet. So we need to go and find a nice stream. This is the Not Bitter, Just Better Everton podcast. If you haven't already, go and like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash EFC, Not Bitter, Just Better. Or you can find us on Twitter at Just Better EFC. Okay, you might be able to guess from our demeanour that the Fulham game has just ended and we're out of the Capital One Cup. Well, just like we've been able to say for every year of its existence, we've just been knocked out of the League Cup. Um, disappointing, really. We did, you know, we took the lead. Uh, we seemed to be playing well, um, and then just seemed to to fade really, uh, and and sit back a little bit. Conceded twice, two one down, and then we started playing again and attacking, but we just couldn't score. Yeah, decent, decent enough start. Decent first half, not the best first half. Um, decent enough goal from Naismith. They got the equaliser with a goal from Berbatov. Um, and then uh, we were looking to make a couple of substitutions. But the subs who we had ready to come on were uh, Jags and Barry. Very defensive. Yeah. Very defensive when you've got the likes of Yelovich and Morales on the bench. So, as it seems to happen to us a lot, that when we're looking to make a substitution, this happened over the years, what will happen? Uh, and one of the form substitutes comes up, and uh, he's knocked a few past us in the past. Darren Bent uh, popped up, which what turned out to be the winner. Just very, very poor defending from a free, free kick. Bent was completely left on his own. Decent finish through the goal of his legs, but... Shouldn't he shouldn't have been left there? Yeah, and I mean, you know, I'm sitting here now, and you know, before the start of the game, I was thinking, oh great, yeah, we're giving some of the, um, you know, the, the players on the fringe of the squad a chance on the fringe of the first team. But now I'm thinking, you know, why we're not playing again for a week? We're not playing till next Monday night. So I know most of it, we've only played three days ago, but why didn't we just put out a full strength side? Yeah, I mean, some of the players that did come in did all right. Like, Jared uh, uh, in that first half, he, he just looked utterly... Delafeu was probably our best player, but me, yeah, you know... He, tried, he, was, he was trying a bit too hard. It was, you know, yeah. his final ball wasn't there, but... In the second half. In the, in the second half, half yeah. Very productive, and, uh, you know, had a couple, got a couple of decent shots off. Second half, it's like he was trying to... Um, 
just make sure we could just grab a goal and it, it was like the onus was on him. Um, it wasn't his fault that we didn't get one, you know, for lack of trying. Uh, I'd say it was very poor defending. And just, it was, I don't know whether this is just going to be controversial, but it was Moyes-esque, tactically. No, I love that. Um, and it just our run of, you know, poor performances in the League Cup continues. Um, Something I would have liked to have won this year. It's a bit of silverware to access into Europe. Yeah, I hate the way I hate the way managers like say, you know, or you know, I don't, you know, I'm assuming Martinez would have liked to have won it. And I hate the way you know you get a bit bit of hope build up for these competitions, thinking you know if you get a good run in it, build confidence, and then he puts out, you know, like well, how many changes? Why change that side? You know, why change the, the side that ended the game against uh, West Ham? You know, obviously, I, d- I don't understand. I mean, you know, Nate Smith wasn't great tonight. But he got a goal again. He got he scored, but he, he, you know, he wasn't great. McCarthy hasn't really made much of an impact so far. Didn't really do much tonight after starting. Uh, Lukaku did okay, I thought, um, but you know, it was just uh, it was just one of them games. You know, I mean, the only advantages out of it, I suppose, is. Uh, I'll save a bit of money on the Auto Cup scheme and we can now concentrate on the league until January when the FA Cup starts. Apart from that, just utterly well, disappointing. Well, I, I just want to, go, want to go back to those substitutions. Right, you know, you're one all and you're, you're about to bring on um, Barry and uh, Jags. So, I mean, was it, it must just have been because Heitinger and Gibson were tired because they've not played much, well, I don't know. Heitinger, you know, Gibson was, was walking the line. He'd been booked and put another, like, you know, pretty pretty dodgy challenge in. So he was walking the line and, as you say, about his fitness, you know, but we, we went, just before he was about to make those substitutions, we went 2-1 down. Shouldn't that change? I think, really looking at the game, we, we were sort of, we were seeing enough of the ball and we were creating... Chances. We were having a lot of attack yeah, and play. I mean, Coleman should have Coleman missed the today. He should have scored yeah, them. Uh, you know, at that level, you should be scoring them. You can't. There's no real excuse for that towards the end of the game. So, yeah, I mean, I don't want to blame Martinez. Yeah, I think it was just a lacklustre performance, and, and and unfortunately, we're now out of the League Cup on a chance of winning. Something's gone. Pick ourselves up, dust ourselves down, and get ready for Newcastle next Monday. Yeah, well, that's what we've, we've got to be optimistic, haven't we? And you know, we, we've done well in the league so far. You know, we're on uh, a couple of good results. If we only lose one one every six games all season, I'll be happy with that because we've got five five uh, decent results to look forward to now. Yes, definitely. Um, I, I think I think that I think that's more of a blip. Um, obviously, the first three first three results we had, we got three draws. Building on from that with two good wins. Bye bye to the cup, but I'm hoping that wasn't a true reflection of Everton, uh, of the way we are at the moment. I'm hoping we can build on our good league performances and, and as you say, look forward towards Newcastle, uh, and we'll have a build up to that. Yeah, we're gonna have a little minute or two, cheer ourselves up, and then we'll be back. Uh talking about the Newcastle game next Monday. We're going to have a little look ahead to Monday night's uh, fixture against Newcastle. Yeah, we get to uh, get dissected by Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville on what? Sky's Monday Night Football. What the move? The month, yeah, we're on month this Monday, um, and obviously uh, it's a home game against Newcastle, um, so Goodison Park under the lights uh, should be a good atmosphere. Always gives Everton a little bit of an advantage, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, I just want to look at uh, last season's fixture, which was very, very controversial in blue eyes. Um, yeah, for some reason I, I couldn't remember this game, and then you just told me about it, and then I, I'm getting the, the you know the horrible memory of it coming back now. Yeah. Um, nice little tidy goal from Baines to put us one 0 up. Uh, Deba Bar got an equaliser, uh, and Achibi uh, put us two one up. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and then scored a perfectly good third goal. Yeah, he put us three one up with two minutes to go. 
or so we thought. His header, which clearly crossed the line, was adjudged to have not crossed the line and play continued. So no goal, bizarrely. So we were still 2-1 up with two minutes to go? Yeah, 2-1 up, uh, two, one up uh, two, one, two, two minutes to go. And achieve, he had a goal disallowed, perfectly good goal. And then uh, Denver Bar scores in the in injury time, basically. Denver Bar again, yeah. And then, uh, you know, gives them a 2-2. So it was less of it. So we, we beat them 2-1 up at, up, at their, up at their ground, but, you know, 2-2. And we were left wondering what might have been there. So... Yeah, and I think in the away fixture last year we we, we did them, didn't we? We beat yeah, them away. Sure. We beat them away last year. Um, I mean, looking at current form, obviously we, you know we've talked about this. Uh, the Blues are unbeaten and flying. Uh, Newcastle are currently twelfth in the league with seven points from their uh, five games. Um, they're just coming off the back of you know a home defeat to Hull City, yeah. which they can't be happy about uh, losing three two to Hull. That could have gone either way, that game. It could have, but it was very backwards and forwards. And to be fair to Hull, Hull looked like he played well. I mean, I'm looking at the side that Newcastle put out last Saturday, and, you know, the thing that, that you know, immediately springs to my mind is, you know, they are dangerous up front. They've got a front, uh, front three of uh, Ben Arthur, who's in good form at the minute, um, Papa Cissé and Luke Remy. So, I mean, you know, it's a decent... Quality front three there. Isn't ben it? Arthur, didn't you stitch your mate Adam up <laughs> by telling him to take him out to his fancy football team? Yes, I did do that. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the, I, not very nice friendly, friendly thing. No, but but he is quite close to me in the league, so I did have him off a little bit. Um, and then they've got you know a midfield full of um, you know Pardew slash Ashley Simons in Kabaye Anita and Soko. Kabaye seems to come back into the team and yeah, been back accepted in. Back in. Uh, and then, you know, obviously where they, they are a bit weak, I think, uh, in my personal opinion, is in defence. Um, Colacini has been there for a while, but, you know, he never strikes me as being the most reliable of defenders. And is that, he, he seems like he wants to leave Newcastle every other week. always linked. Always linked with a move away. A big money move away. And I always wonder why. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, the other centre-half is Yang Mibye. I don't really know much about him, but uh, he didn't look too good against the Hull. Um, they've, got, they've been playing uh, David Sanson at left-back. Yeah, usually he's a right-back. Yeah, he's a champ legend at right-back. Uh, yeah, he was. He was a bit of a football manager, uh, the wonder kid. Uh, and I signed him a couple as of times right as a right-back. Um, and they played on Saturday they played Debucci at, at right back yeah. and I've got to say I think Debucci is one of the worst defenders in the Premier League yeah. he gets caught out of position he's awful on the fringe of the team is a player we well we used to know quite well Dan Gosling so he, he could come in and out for I don't think we're going to see Dan Gosling but yeah I mean it's a tough one to call really everything everything in my head it says there's no reason why we shouldn't win it I think we should win it comfortably but, but yeah, you know. they're just one of those sides who on the day with the attacking players they've got can have a couple of goals in them yeah. so I, it could be one of those games it could be a bit of a you know a bit of an exciting game for the neutral I think and I think there's going to be goals in it I fancy Lukaku to score for us again yeah. you know I, I could see possibly I'm going to say Everton win because we you know we we're riding on a bit of a crest of a wave in a minute, and I'm going to say maybe something like a three-two again. But yeah. we just had the three-two, and you don't come along that often, do you? So it's difficult. It's difficult, isn't it, to speculate on a team because what what we're just under a week away, so anything could happen between now and then. Hopefully, we we'll see Lukaku again, though. Um, Delafayu yeah. probably going to be pushing as he has been for the last few weeks. Um, obviously, yeah, exactly. it's we don't know. Who's going to come in for Osman? Uh, you would think it would be McCarthy. Um, but again, you've got to wait and see. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, I know you're not going to make a prediction. But I'm going to say it's going to be an Everton win with goals, maybe 2-1, 3-1, that sort of score, I think. Uh, and another three points for the Blues. Well, hopefully hopefully another three points and we'll keep moving up. Move above the shite and then push on for... Uh for our fourth place challenge. But what I will guarantee is uh, it will be a good atmosphere and it should be a, it should be a good do. And for anybody who's been on our webpage in the last few days, uh, you'll know that um, 
we're going to be there, the players. We're not going to be doing a match day live podcast where it being a Monday night because it's probably a bit too close to our regular podcast. So we'll incorporate it all in one this yeah, week. So we will be recording and, as Mark said, incorporate into our normal weekly one. So if you're there and you want to get your views heard, come and say hello to us and uh, you know give your predictions beforehand and a little bit of uh, feedback afterwards. Yeah, so that should mean a bit of a bumper podcast next we, week. We don't know the player yet, do we? Uh, it's it? possibly going to be Ian Snowden. But uh, and we're still waiting on confirmation. Um, uh, but obviously, if you have been on the web page, you'll have seen that there, there is a great offer of players uh, for the Monday night game, uh, which includes your match ticket and an unlimited bar uh, for five or six hours, and you're getting that for the princely sum of £45. Yeah, there's a handful of them left, and uh, I believe Paul's, Paul's also doing a deal for people who've already got tickets uh, for £20. Right, for access into the lounge and yeah. to, to meet the player. And, yeah, so and that's all you about to eat and, as Mark said, meet the player. Uh, and obviously it's a bit short notice now for the Newcastle game, uh, but, you know, for other games coming up as well, I know Hull's coming up soon and there's similar packages going. Uh, so if you're interested in any of the games, uh, you get in contact with us, as we've stated previously, on, on any of the links. Uh, or you can get in touch with Paul at since1878.co.uk. It's obviously time once again for the Not Bitter, Just Better Hall of Fame. Um, and looking at who we've got in at the minute, we're still very sort of attack biased, I think, at the minute. So uh, obviously we've got Brian LeBone in a couple of weeks ago, um, but we need to we need to pad out that defence a little bit, I think, uh, get a few more defenders in the squad, Johnny. Um, so it's a defender this week. Yep, and uh, one of Evan's most recent captains, and you know, one, one that we can uh, most... Uh, Evertonians will remember uh, a big man by the name of Dave Watson. Dave Watson it is. Dave Watson getting Waggy. entered. Waggy himself. Waggles getting entered into the uh, the Hall of Fame this week. Um, bit of information about him like we always do on our Hall of Fames. His full name is David Watson. David Watson. David Watson, another Sherlock Holmes in sight. Elementary. Um, date of birth, 20th of November 1961. And place of birth, Johnny? Uh, Whittle. Uh, well, it says Liverpool, I'll give you that one. It was quite an easy question this week, wasn't it? Not throwing a low ball at in there like I do normally. Uh, according to Wikipedia, his playing position was defender, right back. I can't, can you recall him playing right back? I can't say I could. No, I was. He was definitely a centre half. I was an old centre half. Definitely a centre half. I couldn't imagine him whipping down the wing putting the cross in, can you? No. His youth team career between 1978 and 1980 was spent at the shite. But as we always say, as long as they, uh, they left the shite for the, the proper shirt on Merseyside, then we'll always let them off. Uh, obviously he went on to play for Norwich uh, spent six successful years at Norwich um, 1980 to 1986 making 212 appearances for the Canaries and scoring 11 goals which isn't bad for a, a centre half really 11 and 200 and odd um, and then in 1986 signed for the Blues that was a pretty good decision wasn't it? it was yeah Um he came at the right time, didn't he? <laughs> Pretty successful, really. Um, can you remember how much the fee was, Johnny? Was it 900,000? Correct. Yes. 900,000. Uh, 22nd of August, 1986. Uh, he was brought in uh, by Hobber Kendall, obviously. Um, and, uh, well, as you say, pretty successful, won the league in his first season. Yeah, so he came in pretty much for Manfield, wouldn't you say, which is... Uh... 
Yeah. To part on the Ratcliffe in that in that centre in the centre half. Uh, yeah, it's a strange one because you know Manfield's Mount, scored fourteen uh, from defence in the uh, in the eighty five season. So the 85-86 season was uh, second place in uh, all competi- competitions. Obviously, wasn't good enough, was it? Well, exactly, yeah. So I mean, you know, you've lost that goal threat in Dykesy, but but obviously. Kendall must have thought he was sure up to the fence, which which he was really, wasn't he? Because I think it's pretty safe to say that Watson was a better defender yeah, than Yeah, defender, yeah, yeah, so so. Um, and then obviously Watson went on to, to become an integral part of the Everton side, uh, you know, throughout the late 80s and, and well into the 90s. I mean, a great servant for the club. Um, I think it was about it was about 15 years he spent in total, was it? Yeah, and he's not he's not the most fashionable of players that but you know, as we've said a few times, it's our Hall of Fame and you know, he's one of our most recent captains as I said before. So I think it's a fitting fitting entry. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's between eighty six and two thousand and one, uh, in total Waggy made four hundred and nineteen appearances uh, and scored twenty three goals for the blues, so it's alright, isn't it? For, to do 419 appearances for any tough flight club you're, not, you're doing something right aren't you um, and then obviously you know while he was at Everton we've already mentioned um, you know we've won the league yeah obviously um, he won uh, the FA Cup final um, in 95 yeah um, and uh, that was, that was it wasn't it trophies wise yeah. I think yeah that was it trophies wise for him um, and then I suppose he, he, he had the other accolade of uh, a manager Everton for a short while as yeah, well yeah he could take a boss for a little while and you know he, 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 was, he had the bottle to step up and do it and uh, we needed somebody at the time to step up didn't yeah, we yeah Um and that was as I said that was back in, in 97 after Joe Royal resigned uh, and obviously Waggy took over as manager and saw us out for the rest of that season um, before Howard Kendall took over and I think it was wasn't it for the third stint, time, yeah. third yeah. stint. and obviously Waggy went back to, to, to playing for the Blues then um, he's still in football to this day uh, he's tried his hand at management uh, post Everton um, he's been at Tramia which I think is the one that sticks out in my mind uh, and now I think he's on the backroom staff at Newcastle, youth team coach. Oh, right. Didn't know that. Yeah, he's involved at uh, youth team level at Newcastle. Um, so they're going to have some good, solid, where your heart on your sleeve defenders coming off to the ranks at Newcastle then? Probably not, no. Probably not. No, they'll probably just produce a load of forwards called Amiobi, <laughs> <laughs> who are very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, what's your personal memories of Dave Watson? You know, how would you, from a personal point of view, from somebody who you know had a season ticket at the time when he when he was there? Uh, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he was he was pretty much pretty much no nonsense a few times. I, I, I do remember uh, a class goal. I think it was against Crystal Palace, and he, he um, a bit of a chest down. The goal was coming out, and he just lofted it over him. And I was, I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure it was Crystal Palace. Um, something anyone can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but we had to check who it was because you just wouldn't expect that. I mean, you know, Dave Watson, you know, headers from um, headers from corners, uh, putting his head in where it hurts. The odd like the odd tapping from corners as well. Um, yeah, so my, my other main memory, of course, was uh, the '95 Cup final, and when Dave went up to lift the FA Cup, I was there. Um, that was the song at the time as well. Uh, great captain, great leader, and yeah, he's just what he wanted. You know, he, he wasn't the most stars of players, as I said, but um, heart on the sleeve would have died for the club like many great Evertonians would. And, and obviously, to play right the way up until he was, I think he played until he was 39, didn't he? Yeah. 38, 39, I think, yeah. when he made his last appearance. Um, you know, great player and a solid defender, and uh, you know. And you mentioned before, Mark, um, you know, I, I, I couldn't remember at the time, but you said he had 12 caps for England as well. Well, yeah, he did have an international career. I mean, he was never really recognised well, consistently. But if you talk about, you know, you, you look at the players who were in front of him there, and you had like Tony Adams and um, Gary Pallister at the time. Yeah, and, and, and going probably right the way back to if he started as, you know, Going back to the mid eighties, you have people like Terry Butcher, didn't you? And, yeah. You know, so you know he's pretty much in that same kind of mould, wasn't he? So yeah. So, but 
as you say, yeah, he, he got six caps while he was at Norwich pre-Everton and then a further six caps while at Everton. So never consistently recognised, but always there and thereabouts when it came to picking, picking England squads um, at a time when, you know, you, you would say probably England was stronger than they are now. You know, if you yeah. look at how they got on in, in 86 and Italia 90, um, you know, he's probably just a, a few better players ahead of him. But, but you know, and Everton great, really, when you think about it. Got us through some very, very tough times. Definitely. And uh, as we said before, fitting, fitting entry yeah. far more uh, than opposite, just better for the fame. We've gone, we went for like, you know, more stylish, you know, forward players, and uh, we've got a midfield with the, with the uh, Dogs of War. Um, and, you know, we've got Everton's best ever captain, defender, Brian LeBone. Well, I know, yeah, we've got someone to partner them, partner them in a, a centre back and someone to, you know, would die for the cause, really. So, uh, Dave Watson into our Hall of Fame. Just in there. Okay, time for us to stop waffling again. And I uh, want to thank everyone for listening once again. And as, as we said at the, uh, the Newcastle build up, we can't wait to get that game uh, underway now and get yeah. down to players. Soak up the atmosphere, then get down to Goodison. Yeah, it's been a strange podcast. We were all happy <laughs> after the uh, the West Ham result, um, and then obviously the Fulham game that we've watched during the recording sort of knocked a bit of the stuffing out of us. But um, yeah, looking forward to Newcastle. And uh, glad to see uh, Waggy Watson in our Hall of Fame. Yeah. And uh, usual links, you know, if you're listening through SoundCloud and have an Apple device. Uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes. We're also on the Stitcher app. If you just search Not Bitter, Just Better. Um, and yeah, thanks to everyone for listening, as always. And we shall catch you at the next video. Bye for now. Cardiff day one close. Uh, Gloucestershire <laughs> 20. Chris Dent at 84 as Gloucestershire reached 228 for 8 on opening day at Glamorgan. I don't even know how to do cricket talk. This is why when we get the Sky Sports News job, I want to work with Kirsty Gallagher and not you.